thank you for tuning in to today's Remnant Godcast. So glad that you tuned in to today's show. Hey, if this is the first time you tune into the show, you can uh, follow us on various platforms. We're on podbean.com, we're on iTunes, we're on the Google Play Store, and many more streaming platforms. So thank you for tuning in to the Godcast, and I am just so appreciative of those that tune into this podcast. I just want to start off by saying thank you for your support. You know, we don't talk about money a lot, but when we do, people get really mad and they say, oh, you're always asking for money. But the reason why I ask for support is because we are literally a David versus Goliath. As you guys know, the mainstream corporate media are out there, uh, you know, selling their propaganda on a nightly, daily basis. And uh, there's little guys like us that are out here, which are reporting on the facts, which are reporting on the truth, which are reporting from a biblical worldview. And, uh, you know, there's not many of us. So... Thank you to those that support us. If you want to be a supporter of the broadcast, please visit toddcoconato.com. That's T-O-D-D-C-O-C-O-N-A-T-O.com. And you can see our PayPal link right there and other ways to support us. It is so crucial and important, and I thank you ahead of time for doing that. All right, guys, we're going to get into today's broadcast. So people are still freaking out about the president's surprise decision to withdraw U.S. troops from Syria. So I want to break this down a little bit more today because I think we spoke about it on a previous podcast, but I just wanted to get into this a little bit more in detail today and kind of explain a little bit more of the history of the situation and kind of just bring up some questions. First of all, who got us into Syria? If you recall, many of the politicians in Washington, especially during the Obama administration, constantly said no boots on the ground in Syria. And the reason why they said that we, it was because we had just come out of an elongated uh, time that we had been in Iraq. And, of course, that goes back to the Bush years. But we were in Iraq. You know, we were losing uh, U.S. soldiers due to IEDs and other uh, situations that were occurring in that region. I can think of the Battle of Fallujah. I mean, the United States uh, electorate, the United States citizenry were extremely tired of these long wars and that was one of the reasons why president donald trump was elected because we saw that whether it was under president bush or president obama uh, we were continuing to engage in these foreign wars and the united states had basically become almost like the world police force and we were you know just getting rid of so much wealth and resources in funding these wars and what what citizens noticed what i noticed is is that when we looked at our situation here at home in the United States, we had a, cr- a crumbling infrastructure. You know, our airports were looking extremely old. Um, you know, we were we were noticing that our country was not the best like we used to be. That China was quickly gaining on on us uh, from a military standpoint, from a infrastructure standpoint. And to anybody that has traveled to Asia or especially to China in recent years, you will attest to the fact that China has a beautiful infrastructure. They have brand new highways, uh, bullet trains. Um, The cities there are are robust and beautiful and, and continue to grow at an advanced rate and pace. And a lot of that is because of the major transition of wealth, which I've talked about in previous shows, from the west to the east. And this was the plan of the globalists. It's the plan of the elites who really operate outside of a one nation structure. So where 
President Trump and you and I, we're patriots. We stand for you know our government, the United States. We want to see the people of the United States prosper. You know, we remember a time period where the United States was best at everything, and we were sending out resources and help to the rest of the world because of the prosperity that we enjoyed. And we've seen in our lifetime, I can think of in the last 30 years, a dramatic increase of wealth distribution and a hemorrhaging of American wealth to the East. And that's where that money came from to build China. And China in the last 30 years has literally been transformed. If you would have gone there 30, 35 years ago, China would have looked like a third world nation. Many of its citizens were in poverty. And I'm not saying that I want to see Chinese citizens in poverty, but at the expense of America, I don't want to see that. So that's what we've seen with this major wealth transfer. And it goes back to, you know, it started many, many years ago, you know, about 40 or so years ago, uh, when we took the dollar off the gold standard under the Nixon administration uh, and, and began the petrodollar system. I think that was really the initial phases, but it's really been going on even before that with the Fed and the private central banking system that sells debt and that its biggest product is debt. And so since we've seen, and I I really attribute a lot of this to the moral decline in our nation when, when pastors and leaders stop standing for the word of God and stop speaking boldly, if you want to look at it from a spiritual standpoint, but also when Roe v. Wade was overturned, and uh, I'm sorry, not overturned, but was implemented, Roe v. Wade was implemented, and we started slaughtering the unborn, and the United States used to be a lender. We used to be a very prosperous nation. If you think back to the days of Standard Oil and um, you know the Brenton Woods Agreement, and you know during World War II times, I mean, we were a very prosperous nation. We had a robust manufacturing sector. And we really, uh, an American citizen was able to have one person in the household working. And because at that time the dollar was worth so much more, we could live off one, one income in the house. And I'm not saying that women should stay home. I think that's up to them. I'm, I'm all for equal rights. But I do think that the breakdown of the family and the breakdown of morality and morals and values in our country, we have seen an acceleration and a decline of our nation in many different facets and aspects, including the family unit, including the value of the dollar. And so when China was allowed to enter the WTO under President Clinton, we saw a shift happen where China all of a sudden was allowed to compete with us. And what they did was they really made it unfair because they don't have unions, they don't have uh, you know, minimum wage like we do, you know, where, where, where there's all this protection for the American worker in China, there's really not that infrastructure, you know, not that, not that protection regime in place to protect Chinese workers. And that's why so many of these Chinese workers, even today, basically work in almost slave-like conditions. And it's like sweatshops, right? And you've heard about this for many years, but they just don't pay what we pay. And so, from a corporate standpoint, if you're a president of a company and you're trying to achieve certain goals in manufacturing, why would they utilize U.S. manufacturing, which has the unions and the minimum wage, when they can use Chinese manufacturers that don't have those uh, protections of the worker in place? And so it just created a, a tremendous imbalance and wealth started pouring out of the United States. And since then, we've seen China just rise to now being our biggest threat militarily 
And on a global geopolitical stance, I mean, China is a major, major threat. They're all over the world. They have rare earth minerals, uh, you know, control of most of the rare earth minerals. And, you know, they're, they're encroaching on various areas of the, you know, from a military standpoint. If you look at the South China Sea, if you look at, um, you know, even in Taiwan and Hong Kong and a lot of Asia. And now they're encroaching in Africa and other parts of the world. They have a lot of say-so in Hollywood. They bought up a lot of the major studios, which most people don't understand. I mean, you can see this playing out when films like uh, Top Gun come out. I mean, you know, the, the, the remake of Top Gun, Top Gun 2, where now they're having to, they can't even show from a nationalist or patriotic standpoint, they can't even show that anymore. Now we have to include all these things. Look at LeBron James recently, which just bowed down to communist China, uh, the NBA, same thing. I mean, it just sat what we've seen here and what we're going to continue to see until we take back the reins. But a lot of this has to do with the tra- the wealth transfer from west to east and, and how that's playing out in our streets. It's playing out, you know, when you see these major homeless camps. I mean, for instance, here in California, it's unbelievable. I mean, they have these encampments where hundreds of people are living under freeway overpasses or you know right on the street i mean skid row has typhoid and typhus and uh, bubonic plague re-emerging and uh, officers have contracted this that have to walk that beat it's a very scary situation for them so unbelievable what we're seeing and this is playing out right before our eyes so back to syria the president why are we there he's asking that question you know why are we entangled in these so it's upsetting and that's what we're seeing and so it kind of is what it is right now but there's a lot of people that are trying to make a difference out there that are trying to uh, affect the homeless crisis in our country and a lot of that's being done through churches and ministries and you know that's that's one of the most beautiful things about our nation is that we have the freedom of religion and we have the opportunity to utilize uh, parachurch organizations and non-for-profits and that's one of the things that makes America a great country. But again, back to Syria and how this all relates. So the president came in with the promise of withdrawing troops, U.S. troops from abroad. He came in with the promise that we weren't going to engage in these endless foreign wars any longer. And I know that there's a lot of people that, I mean, I can't really think of a better word to use, but they're butthurt. <laughs> I mean, they're they're butthurt about the president withdrawing the troops and uh, to be honest, I mean, that's the right thing to do. And I know a lot of people are saying, but we abandoned the Kurds and they're our allies. So I did a research because there's a lot of people out there, and I've even seen Christian leaders that are, that are very reputable Christian leaders that have come out in uh, opposition to the president's decision. And I had to really analyze this because, again, I don't want to... I don't want to just be like um, you know a PR person for the president. That's not what I am. I'm not just like a, a person that no matter what he says or does, I'm going to constantly stand with him. I think he's a great president, but there are times when I disagree with him. But I really don't disagree with him on this, and it's it's not because I just am you know blindly supporting him. I I looked at the situation with the Kurds. Now, a lot of people are saying the Kurds are Christians, so I looked at this. How many Kurds are actually professing Christians? So. There's about 35 million Kurds, okay? 35 million Kurds. And out of that 35 million, 320,000, around that amount, maybe give or take a couple thousand, are professing Christians. So there are Christians. There's 320,000 of them or so. And so there, yes, that's true. There are Christians. But 34 million plus, 34 million 700 are not, are not Christian. In fact, they're Muslim. And a lot of those people in that population group of 34 million seven hundred thousand or so are 
extreme Muslims. And not that I don't think God doesn't love all people because he does, but we know that the Muslim religion is a false religion. We know that uh, they're a dangerous religion, that if somebody were to follow the Quran in its uh, exact um, in intention, I guess would be the word, you know, if they really were a true Muslim, then they would have the instruction, according to the Quran, and you can look this up, to kill the infidels. Or, you know, to the infidel either needs to come to know Muhammad or can be killed, uh, can have their head chopped off. That's in the Quran. So if you don't know that, look it up online. It is in the Quran. I've studied this for many years. I'm not just saying this off the cuff. This is factual. And so, yes, there are moderate Muslims, I, I presume. I, I've known some. I have people that I know that I respect and love that do follow the Muslim faith. But to be honest, they're not extreme, and which means they're really not following and adhering to what the Quran says to do. So if you really follow what the Quran says, then people either need to assimilate into the Muslim faith or they can be executed according to the Quran. That's the truth. So that's these people. That That's who the people are, the Kurds and the Kurdish people. And many of them are Shiite Muslims, by the way, a good portion of them. And so, you know, not that I'm, I want to see, I, I'm not for any type of um, genocide. In, in fact, if that happens, I think the U.S. needs to intervene. But I, I will just bring this as a case in point. Many people in Africa are being killed and slaughtered from a lot of the Boko Haram groups out there and others that are extremist groups in Africa. We're not intervening there. Why are we not intervening there? Because we're not the world police. That's why. And if we did, we'd get bogged down just like we have in other countries like Afghanistan and Iraq and Vietnam and other military engagements that the United States has been a part of that weren't exactly uh, what we wanted to see as an end result. I mean, look how many Americans were killed in Vietnam, and yet we ended up pulling out. And what happens is somebody has to eventually pull the troops out because they'll just continuously be bogged down. And these are our sons and daughters. And I know it's easy when you don't have a family member there, but it's a lot harder when it's your child that's abroad. And the president has to sign all the letters of each and every military person that's killed and send send that letter to the families who are devastated and so he's looking at this and saying what exactly is our strategic in, interest in being in Syria right now why are we there so it goes back to when we entered Syria which first of all the bill of goods that was sold to the American people was is that we're not going to put boots on the ground well what are we now arguing about boots on the ground and the people that were put in and who put the people in and when did they ever go to Congress and approve that and when did we ever declare war? Oh, wait, we didn't. So when exactly did we enter in Syria? And who was the president that put these people in? Well, it was Barack Hussein Obama, who, by the way, uh, was actively involved through our CIA and covert operations with the Arab Spring and the military, uh, you know, what do you want to call it? I mean, I, it was a war, but it wasn't a war. So whatever we did militarily with our NATO allies in Libya, in overturning, uh, overturning the regime there of the Qaddafi regime. And that uh, escalated and, and went into other nations. There was a, a slaughtering. Yes, there was a genocide situation with the Coptic Christians in Egypt when the Arab Spring took place. And there was a temporal, uh, you know, extremist regime that took over Egypt until the military took it back. And that, that was something that you don't ever hear anybody talk about, that the mainstream corporate media was not in any way. I mean, they were giving softballs to the Obama administration. They didn't even say anything. 
yet there was a total slaughter that was going on of the Coptics during that time in Egypt. What about the Yazidis? The Yazidis that were in uh, northern Iraq and that were in Syria, a, a ethnic Christian group that was basically slaughtered, maimed, raped, pillaged by ISIS, who we funded through the Obama administration, who we armed through the CIA and the Obama administration. Hillary Clinton, remember? We came, we saw he died, talking about Gaddafi in Libya. No one said anything during that time. No one cared about the Coptics. No one cared about the Yazidis. It was almost a entire media blackout. But all of a sudden, Donald Trump, who's caring about our nation, who's wanting to put America first and wanting to bring back jobs and manufacturing and revitalize our economy and build our military back up because it's been so depleted under Obama. Yeah, that guy, the patriot, the one who loves the United States, who's basically believed the same thing for years and has said the same thing for years. And all of a sudden, you got Christian leaders who are all upset. Oh my gosh, we need to support the Kurds. You mean the Muslims? That's who we need to have our sons and daughters be killed for? And what is the strategic reason? What are we fighting for? For their land, for their territory, for their autonomous region, which Kurdistan has never actually been declared a nation. So it's like these zones within inside Syria and Iraq and Turkey and other nations where the Kurds live, where it's almost like a semi-autonomous zone, but it's never been declared by the UN a nation. So shouldn't we work through the, the diplomatic channels? Shouldn't we work through the UN? Why aren't other countries losing their sons and daughters? Why are we using our resources, our military equipment, our sons and daughters, and sending them to this area. So I think people need to really think about what it is that you're being sold. You're being sold a bill of goods by the mainstream corporate media. But see, here is the other part of this that people are not understanding, is, is there is a very powerful military industrial complex. Think about what Dwight E. Eisenhower said, okay? There is a powerful military industrial complex. This is also what John F. Kennedy was trying to speak about. And the secret societies, and just Google John F. Kennedy secret society speech. It was a powerful speech. And he, he outed this. He was one of the first presidents to go against the military-industrial complex. And that's why they, 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 the deep state killed him. The deep state killed John F. Kennedy because of that. And there hasn't been a real president. I'm sorry, I know a lot of you like Bush. I happen to like Reagan very much. I think he was a great president. But he didn't really go full force against the deep state like Donald Trump is doing like JFK tried to do. And so Donald Trump has put himself in a tremendous amount of danger because this very, very super powerful military industrial complex, this very, very super power, powerful elitist globalist crowd and deep state that he's trying to expose to the American people who are semi-waking up, but still a large portion of the Christian community doesn't even understand what's going on. And so they hear Donald Trump say a couple of cuss words and they think, oh my gosh, he's so awful, impeach him, he's horrible. Well, they don't understand what he's standing for. He's trying to stand for religious liberties and freedoms. He's trying to bring back jobs and manufacturing and reinvigorate our economy and give us some fair trade deals because of these horrible trade deals that these globalist leaders have entered us into because they were traitors to our country. And people don't understand. They don't understand how we even got into Syria. All they hear is a couple of globalist generals that get on the late night you know, news shows or the Sunday shows. And these generals are heavily funded by these military industrial complex organizations, companies that need us in a perpetual war. They need us to be constantly engaged in a war. So that's why they're war hungry. They're constantly looking for the next country that we need to invade, the next regime that we need to overturn. 
the next nation that we need to, you know, change the whole country. Like Libya, look what we did. It's in chaos. It's a failed state now. People are dying there all the time. We don't even hear about it. Look at Venezuela. Oh my gosh, the country's in chaos. That's what socialism is. So, yes, I understand the Kurds. Yes, I know. You want to support them. I get it. You want to you want to protect them because they were allies in a previous military engagement when we were fighting ISIS. And that's great. But you know why they were doing that? Because they were trying to protect their own territory from ISIS. Who, by the way, was funded by the Obama administration through Benghazi and armed. So really, that's where the outrage needs to be is when people need to understand that what I'm saying is not a conspiracy. What I'm saying is not fake news. It's real. And I can link you to articles that are mainstream reporting, but you just don't hear it night after night pounded into our heads like the corporate deep state media are trying to do with their propaganda play to try to take down our duly elected president, who's a patriot, who wants to see our nation brought back because he's tired of seeing the homeless encampments on the streets. He's tired of seeing the failed infrastructure. He's tired of seeing the crumbling bridges and roads. He's tired of seeing the third world looking airports that we now have. He's tired of this. He wants you to have money in your pocket and be able to support your family and not have to pay ridiculous amount just to have a living. You know, to, to get a to get a look at Los Angeles and the cost of living. Look at San Francisco. Look at New York City. The prices of rent are unbelievable. That's why people are moving out of California in droves to these other states like Idaho and uh, Texas, Tennessee, and Florida. Why is there such a major out outflow of people from these these red uh, from these blue states? I'm sorry, to the red states. Well, that's why. Because the the Socialist Republic of California, it's so expensive, people can't afford to live. And they're having major problems. That's why people are ending up on the streets. So the president's trying to bring back the jobs, trying to right-set the trade deals, trying to bring bring back manufacturing, trying to, you know, make a better deal with China, bring back our troops from these endless foreign engagements. And what you're seeing on on the fake news is you're seeing the military-industrial complex and how closely they are aligned with the corporate media, how they're, they're literally in bed with each other. And that's what you're witnessing right now. And, and so people are falling for it. They're believing it. They're not understanding what's happening. I mean, just the other day, ABC played video footage of a gun range and tried to say it was Syria. And people were believing it. And uh, by the way, President Trump is not going to allow a genocide to happen of the Kurds, even though what I'm saying is absolutely correct and true. We're still going to defend the Kurds. He's already dispatched Vice President Pence over to the Middle East. Pompeo's over there right now. Uh, There's there's all types of aid and uh, emergency meetings going on with the Turkish government and Aragon and his regime. So they're not going to let it happen. But yeah, it's good. I think it's good. For Russia to move in, other countries to move in, and to handle that situation, which has nothing to do with us. Why are we there? What's the strategic significance of losing our, our sons and daughters? And what's the strategic significance? And, and don't tell me it's Israel, because it's not. Israel can protect itself, and we're protecting Israel too. So there's nothing that has to do with us there. There's nothing that has to do with us in Syria right now. There's no reason for us to be there. And I understand that people are concerned about the Kurds, but again... They're going to be okay. They're fortified fighters. And they have a lot of our military equipment. We've given them a tremendous amount of aid over the years. 
And yes, they did fight ISIS. But you know who really fought ISIS? I hate to tell you. When President Trump came in, he, he changed the rules of engagement, which made it fair that we can actually bomb and kill ISIS. Because before that, Obama was literally dropping weapons to them and then telling us fake news in our media. They made this whole caliphate in the Middle East, which is a joke, which was based on us funding them and equipping them through back channels, which was a criminal treasonous act and which people should be outraged about because that's where the actual Christians, the Yazidis, were being slaughtered during that time period. No one even covered it. So you have to look through the fake news and the smoke and mirrors and understand what's actually going on. We need to get out of these foreign wars, these endless foreign wars. What are we doing? Listen, I've talked to so many people, not just one, not just two, about 10 or 15 that were special forces, that were high-ranking military people. These aren't just low, you know, it's not just your typical soldier. These are people that were making strategic plans on the field, high-ranking. High and they said to me, we were protecting the poppy fields in Afghanistan. Why? Why were we protecting poppy fields? Well, guess what? That money, that product, the poppy fields, is why we have an opioid ep epidemic in our country right now. It was funding black operations. We were protecting opium fields while China was in the same country mining rare earth minerals. They're making money, and what are we doing? We're making money through drug dealing for our covert operations, for the CIA budgets. That's what's going on in Afghanistan. We gotta get out of there too. But every time the president wants to pull from one of these theaters, you got all the deep state people that come out on the talk shows, the talking heads, and say, oh, how horrible it would be if we withdrew. How horrible it would be if our sons and daughters weren't there anymore. That's what's going on, ladies and gentlemen. You can look into it. It's been going on for a long time. It's corrupt. It, it goes deep. It's very, very sick. There's a very, very sick relationship with the military industrial complex and the mainstream media and the fact that we constantly have to be at war what if we stop this beast of the military industrial complex what if we stopped it the people that have tried to go against it have been killed listen i'm not going to kill myself i'll tell you that right now i'm not going to commit suicide i'm a very happy human being so if anything happens to me you know it has nothing to do with me trying to kill myself okay we're just talking about the facts. And that's why this is the Remnant Godcast. That's why it's so important for us to be awake and understand what's going on. Hey, listen, thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. I know we get deep, ladies and gentlemen, but you're learning the truth. And it's the truth that will set the captive free. Amen. God bless you and thank you for tuning in to today's show.